thankful for the privilege to be able to minister here again uh, this morning. It's been a while, but we praise God for this opportunity of being here. I kind of thought we almost had three sermons already <laughs> in what was shared this morning, but I trust you'll bear with me this morning and be open to God's Holy Spirit and his speaking through his word. I'd like us to look this morning at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 and looking particularly at verses 16 uh, through 20. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let's pray this morning again. Lord, we have just remembered your sacrifice for us. But we thank you once again that you are a risen Lord Jesus Christ. What a marvellous gift you have given to us. A gift far greater than all other belief systems. We serve a risen Lord Jesus Christ and we worship you and praise you this morning. We pray that our minds will be open to the things that you would say to us collectively but also individually. For we pray in your own precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In our reading today, Jesus is with the eleven disciples in Galilee and as you read through the Gospel, you might wonder why Jesus' insistence on them going to Galilee. If you go back to chapter 26 and the account of the Last Supper, when Jesus has told his disciples that they would all abandon him, at his death he said but after you after I have risen I will go ahead of you into Galilee and in Matthew 28:10 the resurrected Lord Jesus said to the women do not be afraid go and tell my brothers that's the remaining 11 disciples to go to Galilee there they will see me. 
And before that you may remember that the angel said to the women, Jesus has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Galilee, Galilee. Why the repeat of these words? Well, Galilee was the place where it had all began. It was by the Sea of Galilee that Jesus had called his first disciples. And it was in the region of Galilee that Jesus had begun his teaching and healing ministry. And so Jesus was taking them back again, if you like, to the roots of his ministry, back to square one. They may have deserted him, but now they're starting again. Just a thought here this morning, maybe you're feeling that you've deserted Jesus in some way, either by ignoring the claims that he makes to be Lord and Saviour, or maybe there's some sin, and you're feeling utterly defeated. Well, these disciples couldn't have felt much more defeated. And yet God is a God of second and third and infinite forgiveness and an opportunity to start again. But there's something new, uh, something different. They aren't go- uh, things aren't going to be just the same as they were before. Jesus has died and been raised. He's not going to be wandering around preaching and healing and so forth in Judea anymore. Instead, Jesus gives them this great commission, this great commandment. He tells them, tells them the way things are going to be. And by the way, this isn't just a great suggestion. Uh, an optional extra for super keen Christians. Jesus gives the great commission, the great commandment and orders to the church of every generation. And that includes us here at Wanganui East this morning. If we are genuine followers or disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, if we've come to him and we've asked for his forgiveness, if we counted his cross is the place where our sins were paid for. As we're following Jesus, this commission is for each one of us here this morning. As Jesus speaks, I don't know whether you picked it up, but he mentioned four alls that would keep these disciples and will keep us on the task right now and the first all was in verse uh, 18 all authority in heaven and on earth has been given John Piper wrote Jesus has died and he's triumphed gloriously over guilt and condemnation and suffering and death and Satan and there, therefore, as it says in Philippians 2, 9-11, God has highly exalted him and given him a name 
that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Which is another way of saying all authority in heaven and on earth throughout the universe has been given to Jesus. And so Jesus has all authority over demons, over angels, good and evil, over the natural universe, natural objects and laws and forces, stars, galaxies, planets, meteorites, comets, comets, cyclones and typhoons, floods and tidal waves, natural disasters of, of every sort. He has all authority over us personally and the systems that operate amazingly in our bodies. He has authority over those things that trip us up so often. And so we can come to him and submit ourselves to this authority. I love that verse in 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful. Why? Because he has all authority. He is faithful and just to forgive us from all our sins and to make us right before him. There's nothing in heaven and on earth which Jesus does not have authority over. This is our warrant, if you like, to go to all people groups and to be able to share that wonderful story that we've been celebrating in communion this morning, that Christ has died in our place and he offers forgiveness. We can go to every religious group and share this hope that they don't have. Let's look again at Matthew 28, 16 through 18. Then the eleven disciples, notice it's eleven now, Judas has already betrayed uh, Jesus, one of the twelve and committed suicide and so that there's eleven left. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. This is kind of like a last chance again. They'd given up completely on Jesus, they denied him. So Jesus is giving them the second chance. Verse 17, When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Imagine what Jesus is doing here. He has faith in the empowering of the Holy Spirit in these defeated people to continue his work. He has authority and he has the trust. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, as we just read, has been given to me. And then we come to another all. Jesus commands them, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Our, main, our mandate 
our purpose in our lives is not just to bring people to a place of saying, yes, I accept Jesus' death on the cross, but to make disciples of all nations. It's been interesting to go back through the website of Wanganui East Baptist and uh, hear of all the teaching ministry from the book of Matthew recently, among other things. And we have a responsibility to share this knowledge of the precious word of God to people we meet. Remember, it's, it's to make disciples of all nations to bring people into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember, of course, again, that these particular disciples had been so utterly defeated as they saw Jesus going to trial before the the religious authorities of the day. They had all deserted and fled. But Jesus is recommissioning them to be his disciples and to live for him. Once again, as we move to verse 20, we see, and teaching them to to obey everything, all things I have commanded you. And so the disciples were asked to pass on what Jesus had been passing on to them, particularly in his final three years of ministry. It's amazing as we look at the book of Acts and we see the disciples change completely as the Holy Spirit, God's power, has come upon them and they are able to follow through and to obey Jesus and to begin uh, teaching. It's marvellous to look at some of those sermons that the disciples preached sometimes to huge crowds and how they talked about the things that Jesus had told them, how they went back into the Old Testament and proved that Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the Saviour of all mankind. The disciples were able to teach and as the Holy Spirit brought conviction to people, they believed their words and came and said, such things as, what can we do? And Peter, for example, spoke to them and said, repent and be baptised. Turn from your sin, turn from your failure, turn from the fact that you have actually crucified God's Messiah. You are guilty of that. But turn from that and accept his death on your behalf and accept him as your only Saviour and Lord. Then Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All authority, all nations, teaching, all things that Jesus has spoken and I will be with you always. We may feel that we are hopelessly weak but Jesus promises 
to be with us always to the very end of the age. He has commissioned each one of us to follow him and to share with those that we have opportunity to share with that good news of faith and following our Lord Jesus Christ. Colin alluded to the fact that we had been part of this church in the past. It was right back in, or prior to 1973, we were engaged in ministry here at Wanganui East Baptist, but during that ministry, in youth ministry, Sunday school and Bible class and so on, we were conscious of the fact that uh, God was wanting us to go, to take some time out from our regular ministry and our own teaching careers and to be uh, prepared for something for the future. I'm not telling you that this is the path for every one of you. Some of you are a bit old for that. (laughs) But, as I said, in 1973, this was the path that God led us in. Uh, I share this because each of us needs to seek out what is the path for us personally. And I remember as we opted for going to Bible college for two years training, the cost of the fees, we could have put down a 50% deposit on a house in Wanganui at that particular time. But we believe that God was wanting us to go and spend that money and to be trained and equipped. We thought we were coming back here uh, to Wanganui East for further ministry here. But God had other plans uh, for us. And it lines up with this discipling of people too because as we came back, I can remember sitting right about there with Carling and then sharing with a, uh, a members meeting on a Wednesday night, I think it was, and saying, we believe God is calling us to go to Nigeria. And the church gratefully accepted that call on our lives and uh, said that they would go with us in support and prayer. And so we went out to Nigeria uh, in 1975, quite a while ago. And... uh, This lines up with this sermon in a sense because it was a discipling ministry that we got involved with. Uh, I was teaching in state high schools. They had in their curriculum an opportunity for Bible teaching. And I believe as I reflected on this time, and I'm not sure of how many of my male students are now serving in the churches at this point because our time in Nigeria was only just over 18 months to two years when we had to come home for medical reasons. But here was the opportunity to disciple individuals uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the Lord brought us back to New Zealand for health uh, needs and then after about eight years, in, as Colin mentioned before, in 1986, God had us go into another discipling ministry. This was younger children, but the children of missionaries uh, in the Philippines. And so for 26 years on and off, we were able to teach those children 
Towards the end of that time, many of those children that we were teaching directly uh, were speakers of other languages and so we went to a course in Palmerston North to study English teaching for those uh, teaching or who had a birth language that was other than English. And so there was this opportunity to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I say this is an illustration that Jesus goes with us everywhere that he leads us into. And then as we returned home to New Zealand, uh, teaching jobs weren't available. They didn't recognise the fact that we'd been teaching overseas. And so we wanted just what the Lord would lead us into. And at that point, a uh, gentleman a bit older than ourselves kept telling us about ISM, International Student Ministries in New Zealand. And for some reason he thought that we could fit into that category of ministry. And we felt that that was the place that the Lord wanted us. Yes, we did have to go to Palmerston North um, because the particular area that we felt called to was in Palmerston North at Massey and at IPC, as it was called in those days, International Pacific College. But God gave us a marvellous opportunity and is continuing to give us a marvellous opportunity to be discipling students for the Lord Jesus Christ. In the past we've thought of missionary work as going overseas always and there still are opportunities. If you go on the website, various websites, uh, you'll see many opportunities to serve overseas. But right now God is bringing many students, thousands of students to New Zealand and as we work amongst those students there will be a significant number, I believe, who will become genuine disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'll take God's word back to their own people. doesn't mean that missionaries have to spend all those years learning a new language. These students go back and they can share the faith that they've come to know here in New Zealand while being at university or doing PhDs and so on and so forth. A tremendous opportunity to share God's word and to be part of the the children's life. I was sharing with someone in the porch. Uh, It can be quite a dangerous job as you're helping students move house, for example. (laughs) One student I was helping, we were putting the trailer back on the car. Now think of this, English as a second language. And this student was very keen to help me because I was helping him move his furniture. And so we moved the trailer up to the back of the car and he gave a shove and my finger caught under the tow ball (laughs) or caught under the the catch on the trailer and jammed down on the tow ball. And such was the pain (laughs) and I was having to, to try and lift the trailer and it was jammed on very, very tightly with my finger in there. <laughs> Fortunately, he understood the, uh, the English language when I said to him, lift the trailer! <laughs> and so he heaved on the trailer. My finger had gone into shock and I was just dreading that it was all crushed and broken. But by God's grace, 
my finger uh, survived. But there's been driving lessons that have been equally uh, as hair-raising too as I've helped students go for their, uh, their New Zealand driver's licence. But it's, it's been a real joy to work with these students. Uh, I remember one student in particular. I was lined up for some food at an evening that we were having and he walked up alongside to me, uh, side of me and he said, Graham, I'd like to become a Christian. Wow! I nearly, nearly lost the opportunity. I said, okay, Leo, would you like to do some Bible studies together? And so over the past, I think it's been two years, I've been able to have a weekly Bible study uh, with him as he has completed this course and seen him grow. It's not always been a smooth growth and growth, but it's been a marvellous opportunity to work uh, alongside such as these students. Uh, and then just a, a number of months ago, he said to me, he said, Graham, he said, it's like that you're not Graham anymore. He said, you're like my dad here in New Zealand. And uh, that was quite overwhelming. And I get phone calls at all times of the night sometimes. Graham, I need help, I need prayer and, and so on and so forth. But here is an opportunity. Uh, there's UCOL here in, in, in Wanganui with overseas students coming to. There are refugees coming to New Zealand at this particular time. And so Jesus gives us this commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything, all things that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so as we share with people, sometimes it might be just a smile, but a smile, smiled enough times can make some of these overseas visitors amongst us say, oh, I keep seeing you in such and such a place. You're always smiling at me. Can you tell me something about what makes you smile at me? Because I'm a foreigner here in your country. And there comes an opportunity of saying, I'm following Jesus. And Jesus commands us to love other people as we love ourselves. And that's just an act that we can take up upon and so I offer this to you amongst neighbours and work colleagues and uh, people that we come across taking our children to school. Make disciples of all nations. Right now I have the marvellous opportunity of taking my two grandsons to school most mornings of the week and asking them to pray about the day. And then having that discipling opportunity of saying, Harrison, yesterday you prayed that no one would have accidents, that no one would get hurt. I said, getting hurt is an important part of, of life. 
because God has given us nerves in our fingers so that we know that when we hurt our finger we stop using that hammer or whatever. How about we change that prayer that no one will get hurt badly and so on and so I'm seeing them grow and so grandparents and parents you have an opportunity of discipling your own grandchildren and uh, your own children and raising them in the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you again for this opportunity. There are pamphlets down the front here telling a bit more about ISM uh, ministries. When you go ISM on uh, Google, on the internet service, uh, you get all sorts of ISM things, but trace down until you get International Student Ministries. That's the important thing. It's not one of these other organisations. International Student Ministries of New Zealand. I commend that work to you and thank you again for those who continue to pray for us there in the cold city. It's not so cold, Colin. Of Palmerston North. Thank you.